Oh, so good to be together. What a joy, a gift to worship God and community and come together this day. I'm so grateful. I'm Forrest, if we haven't met. hope we do. One of my spiritual practices that I've engaged in uh, over the last number of years is to read the Bible each year. And as I re- read the Bible, one of the places I've been really surprised to find a lot of life is in the book of Deuteronomy. And as I've read that over the last number of years, I've kept thinking, I really hope sometime we could preach on Deuteronomy at chapel. It'd be so great for us to, to, to dip in this amazing good news in, in Deuteronomy. So I'm really excited that we're doing that this semester. I've been thinking about it, praying about that, hoping for that, and now we're getting to do it. And as we, do t- as we look at it today, one of the things that I've seen in Deuteronomy is the way that the, the same God who we see in Jesus is so clearly present. And the good news we see in the New Testament in Jesus is so clearly there as well in Deuteronomy. And today we get to talk about one of those, those central themes, crystal clear depictions of the gospel that we see in Deuteronomy that show us the good news of God that we see most fully later in Jesus. That word we're going to talk about today is a word that goes throughout the Bible, a theme, the covenant. The covenant. Now, covenant's one of those words that maybe we, we don't use a ton today. We might have some, some ideas. Okay, I think of covenant maybe a business partnership, right? Uh, maybe it's a, it's a neighborhood covenant to make sure you don't paint your house bright pink and get your neighbors mad at you. Maybe it's a marriage covenant you think of. It would be a good way to think about it. Those are all ways, good, good ways to think about this kind of mutual agreement between two different parties, at least two parties, right? Some sort of mutual agreement between two parties. And that's good. That's a good start. But covenant in the Bible is not just that exactly. There's a little more nuance, particularly covenant with God in the Bible. And that's where Deuteronomy is going to give us some insight today. In particular, one of the main differences between that normal mutual agreed-upon covenant and covenant with God in the Bible is this. The order matters. Covenant in the Bible with God, there's a flow, there's a direction, there's an order. It's a little bit like this. I think we've got a picture on the screen here. Everyone in this room got something like this. You all remember when you got this? If you're an employee, yours maybe wasn't quite as pretty because the admissions office didn't make it like that. But somehow, Whitworth said yes to us, to all of us in this room. Whitworth said yes, and we somehow fooled them into thinking it would work, and we're all here. (laughs) Every one of us, staff, faculty, students, we got a word from what we're saying. Hey, come join us. You're in. We want you. We're choosing you. Come be a part of this community. We want you here. That's the first step. Then the next step, the next slide shows us, well, now we have a response. We now have to accept that invitation. We do, what's the what's next steps that the admissions office and Greg has laid out for us? How do we do this now? Well, you got to do this and financial aid and then and make your official acceptance and make it mine. So now I become a Whitworthian, a pirate. And then after that, we're chosen, invited in, we accept that invitation, and then we show up. We show up on maybe July 1st if you're an employee. Maybe it's, it's September 1st and moving day, the greatest day ever. And you move in to BJ and 25 people you never met take all your stuff out of your car and all of a sudden it's in your room. And there you are. And now you're moved in. You're starting to learn about the big three and the little three and all these different things that are happening. And you start living it today, that day, and then the next day, 
and the next day. This is the order, the flow of how it works to become a Whitworth pirate. I think we see some of that in the way it works to live in covenant with God in the book of Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy, we, we've, we've been having a couple weeks getting into this. I want to keep getting the lay of the land. Deuteronomy is three, these three laid out, these three big speeches of Moses. First four chapters we talked about, and then there's this huge section of chapters 5 through 28. It's the second major speech of Moses. And this is where it contains most of the content of the requirements of the law. In this Deuteronomy, the second telling of the law, literally, second telling, Moses is retelling the community, the people of God, this is what it looks like to, to live right with God. And in summary, he says, love God alone, like we heard in the Shema, and love your neighbor, particularly the vulnerable neighbor, the one who is susceptible to being oppressed. Love God alone and love that, that neighbor. That's what this law has said, and we're going to unpack that more in the coming weeks, but that's what we've gone through, through these, these chapters in the middle of Deuteronomy. Now we're going to come to chapter 26. You'll see this, this semester we're going to be bouncing around a little, following different themes in Deuteronomy. And if you haven't grabbed one of those, the sheets that tell you what we're doing, what we're preaching on the next week, you can grab them. There's some by the doors. Um, you can grab one of those today in the shelves there. So today we get to the, chapter 26. It's almost the end of Moses' second speech. And he's going to give us a little summary of the covenant. A summary of this mutual agreement that God's making with God's people He's going to summarize it for us. Now we get to set the scene. The way that it depicts it here is Moses standing on the edge of the Jordan River, and the people have been longing for 40 years to go into this promised land, this place where they can finally flourish and be the people in a community, a grounded people together they wanted to be. And they're standing there, and Moses is giving them these final warnings, encouragements. Here's what you need to do to live right with God and others. He's standing there, and then he gets to this point getting to the end. He's kind of saying, I'm about to wrap up. And he gives this summary, brings it together. And our job as the people of God, standing on the, on the shore, excited to move forward in life, is to listen. Shema. To listen well to the summary of the terms of the covenant. So let's listen now together to God's word. The Lord your God is commanding you to observe these statutes and ordinances. So observe them diligently with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you have obtained the Lord's agreement to be your God and for you to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, and his ordinances, and to obey him. Today, the Lord your God has, contained, has obtained your agreement, this agreement, to be his treasured people as he promised you and to keep his commandments, for him to set you high above all nations that he has made in praise and in fame and in honor, and for you to be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. Amen. Thanks, Camille. This is the summary, the summary of the covenant, like that. They heard it, and this is what they heard. They heard the terms of the summary of this covenant, and there's a certain order to it. Let's unpack the order. Verse 17 starts and says, Today you have obtained the Lord's agreement to be your God. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. 
it starts with God. God is the author of this covenant. God is the initiator. God is the one who is establishing this covenant. It's all God. God is the one who is making the first move. And this is what God's like. God is a covenant-making God. We see it throughout the scriptures. From the very beginning with Adam and Eve, God made Adam and Eve, not because Adam and Eve could offer him something back, but in undeserved love, God said, God, God said to, to humanity, I'm going to make you my image to come be with me and to be a part of my stewarding and creating beauty in this world. All undeserved, all God. God is the actor. In the covenant with Noah after the flood, we see it again. God making a covenant with all creation to care for it. Not because creation did anything, but because God says, I love you, I'm going to take care of you. God chooses Abraham and Isaac and Jacob after him. Not because they did anything, I'm choosing you to be mine. God is a God of undeserved covenant love. That's where it starts. That's the first step. This undeserved love expressed by God to us. We hear the echoed in the New Testament, right? In Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were doing the Heisman to God, that's the straight arm, keeping them away. We want to keep God away. God said, I don't care. I'm coming in. I want you in covenant love to be my people. And in Jesus, we see that most clearly. This is same thing is happening here. God says, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God. Let's go. That's the first step. God, the God of the covenant, initiates this covenant relationship. Verses 18 and 19. Today, the Lord has obtained your agreement to be his treasured people, as he promised you, and to keep his commandments for him to set you high above all nations that he has made in praise and fame and honor, for you to be a, be a people holy to the Lord your God as he promised. Today, God has chosen you to be his treasured people, a people holy to the Lord, people set apart to the Lord. God choosing you, and now we have a new identity. We become the people of God. Who God is is this covenant-making God who gives love, an undeserved love. Who we are becomes the people of God, marked with a new name, children of God, family of God. This echoed in 1 Peter when Peter says, you are a chosen family, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has chosen us in Jesus to be a chosen people, set apart, and then through us, just like through the people of Israel in Deuteronomy, to show that light to the world. This is who we are. Who God is, the covenant made God, who we are, the people of God, and now, what do we do? What do we do? Verse 17, at the top there again, you obtain the Lord's agreement to be your God for you to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, and his ordinances, and to obey him. Well, the next chapter, just a few, few verses later, Moses says this, this very day you have become the people of the Lord your God. Therefore, obey the Lord 
observing his commandments and statutes that I'm commanding you today. You have become the people of God. You have become the people of God. Therefore, obey the Lord your God. This is who you are. Be who you are. It's pretty simple. God chooses us. We become something new, this people of God and Jesus. Now be who you are today. So the next few chapters, the next two, 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 two three chapters, uh, un- unload this whole package of blessings and curses. Blessings for obedience to the covenant agreement, curses for not following it. And unfortunately, the list of curses is a lot longer than the list of blessings. <laughs> it's a warning. It's a, it's a call. It's an admonition that bas- in short says this. Obedience matters. Obedience matters. Now, don't get me wrong. Obedience doesn't make us right with God. Obedience doesn't fix anything. We can't fix ourselves, but obedience matters. There are terms to this covenant that God is making with us, and our choices of obedience matter. And so he goes through these blessings and curses. They're very similar to other ancient Near Eastern uh, covenants, where a, a conquering king would come in and say, all right, you conquered people. This is how you're going to live in relationship with me. Except this authority is doing it in love instead of in conquering and in exploitation. But sets up these terms. This is what it looks like to live well together and rightly together. And then at the end verse of chapter 30, we hear this. Today, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. In the mystery of God and the grace of God, God's given us this ability as humans to make choices. We get to choose. When we walk into the saga, are we going to have the salabar? Are we going to have the Lucky Charms? Are we going to have the amazing Indian food on the other side? Or are we going to have a piece of pizza? We have amazing choices. We do this all day, every day. We make choices, but not just funny choices, not just simple choices like that, choices that sometimes change the direction of our life and others' lives. We make choices all the time. It's part of how God has made us. And God invites us as part of this covenant agreement to choose Him. To choose life. To choose which way we're going to go. And you, hear, you see it says, today, I've said it before you, more than 60 times in the book of Deuteronomy, we hear this word today. Today. Even to, in, our, in our passages today, we've already heard it five times. Today, today, today. The choice isn't for tomorrow, nor is it for yesterday. The choice is only for, the choice is only for, today we choose who we're going to serve. Today we choose, will I live as the people of God or will I not? Today is the only day we choose that. Right now, this moment, will I today choose God and to live in the sacred freedom of relationship with him, choose in sacred freedom to obey him? Not because I earn anything, but because it's who I am. It's who we are as God's people 
Sometimes think of the blessing and the curses as this. A little bit like, like a nice piece of wood. If it's a little rough cut, if you go with the grain, it feels just fine. You start going against the grain, you might get some splinters, right? Those are the curses of disobedience. The curses of rejecting God are the splinters of the ways that we're not meant to be and the way that our world gets more splintered, not just in our lives, but those around us as we go against the grain of God's ways that we see in this covenant, obeying him in love for God and love for others. So the call of Deuteronomy is this. Because of God's undeserved covenant love for us, we are commanded to choose a life of grateful obedience to God today. Sometimes I have a friend who calls us grace babies. That's just in the Protestant church. I'm one of them, right? Y'all are grace babies. You just think you can suck on grace milk all the time and not think about actually obeying God. Are we, it's okay to be, to have, for a, uh, you know, a one-year-old, a, a six-month-old, pretty soon, Laura's going to have a baby here, and pretty soon she's going to be, that, that little baby boy is going to be drinking milk, and that's a great thing. But if he's five, looking for that, <laughs> all of us would say, um, Lauren, time to help him grow up, Right? God has called us into this beautiful covenant. Undeserved, calls us the people of God, and our response is to, in gratitude, obey. We don't do it on our own. God empowers us by his spirit. The spirit of God actually enables us to do that, to step forward and move away from this idea of I can do whatever I want. Grace covers me, right? Well, yes, of course grace covers us. But that's not living as the people of God in this right communal relationship, covenant with God. That's not it. That's going against the grain. It's going to cause destruction in you and destruction in others and me and others. That is not the way of the covenant life of God. The covenant life of God says, yes, Banyal can come on up, says, yes, God, you have chosen us in love when we didn't deserve it. Yes, we are your people. And yes, today I choose you. Today I choose life. Today I choose to walk in faithful obedience, empowered by your spirit, covered by your gracious love, to try to step forward. And God doesn't leave us alone. He gives us a spirit to come alongside and he gives us, look to your left and your right. For real, look to your left and your right. He gives us God's people to walk alongside us. You are not alone today. You are not alone as you choose life. You are not alone as you choose life. God's Holy Spirit and the people of God are alongside you. You are not alone as you move out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are not alone as you move forward into who you are as God's people. You are not alone because God has invited you, empowered you, enabled you, balcony as well, to call, to move forward and to choose life today. Let's stand and sing to that God as we choose life again. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God and obeying him and holding fast to him. Go from here to choose life, empowered by the Holy Spirit as the people of God, the Spirit of Jesus who goes with you. Amen. Go in peace.